thank you for this day. We thank you for this podcast. We thank you for another opportunity to hear from you, to be blessed by you, to be encouraged by you, to be comforted by you, even to be corrected by you, God. I thank you that you are using this podcast today to renew our minds, Father, to give us the truth, Father, in an experiential way that sets us free. Father, this is a word in due season. I just declare it today, Father. This is, this is the word that we need to hear that, that, that wakes us up, God, to the reality of your indwelling presence in us, that wakes us up to the victory that Jesus accomplished on the cross, Father, that, that it is already finished and gets us in agreement, God, with your purpose, with your plan, with your agenda for our lives, God. We yield to you. We yield to your plan. We yield to your purposes, God. We yield to just the steps that you have for us to to walk in, God, to accomplish what you want to accomplish through our lives, God. I thank you that you're getting us out of the driver's seat. And it's uncomfortable sometimes, God, not to be in control. But Father, this is where life flows unobstructed by self. And that's where we want to live, God. We want to live in the place where the Holy Spirit is producing fruit through our lives, through an effortless union, God. We thank you that we are called to live above the curse, free of toil, free of striving, that, Father, we are just to to enjoy our union and our communion with you while you do the work. And so, Lord, we want to live in that place of peace and victory, God, and rest and wholeness, God. We want to live in, we want to experience the fullness of Christ in us. We want to experience the fullness of Jesus's victory. So Lord, we just say, use, uh, use this podcast today. Speak through me today, Lord. Think through my mind and engage my physical, my, my spiritual senses, God, so that the message is clear, concise, and effective. And I give you glory in advance for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I just want to, I want to connect, uh, connect today's podcast with really the word that I had, that I have for 2020 about learning to abide in Christ and, and, and coming to a place where we are living out of our true identity in union with Jesus. Because beloved, I, I, I am feeling I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the manifestation <laughs> of the fruit. I, I'm sensing the manifestation. Maybe I'm just seeing the manifestation of this fruit that God wants to produce out of your life. And I'll tell you, it's some big, juicy fruit. I mean, it's big fruit that God wants to get through you. You know, you have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. You have a sphere of influence. You have lives to, to touch and, and people to bless through your union with Jesus. There is a specific glory of God that God wants to, to birth through you. You know, in the same way that Jesus was birthed through Mary, you know, her purpose, you know, she was prophesied about 
I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of years or even thousands of years, honestly, since the garden. You know, even in the garden, you know, the father declared to Eve that, you know, her offspring, about, about Eve's, uh, about Eve's offspring, way, 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 way down the line, right? That, that, um, her heel would bruise, be bruised, that she would bruise the heel of the serpent, or her heel would bruise the, the serpent, that there was an offspring that was going to come through her. And I know I'm misquoting it, but my point is, I'm going to go back and correct it. Just, just go with me. The point is, is that Mary, <laughs> Mary's fruit, the fruit of her womb, the fruit of her life, the manifestation of the word of God, the manifestation of her destiny was decided years, 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 years before Mary hit the planet. And I just want to share with you, there is some glory inside of you. <laughs> there is some, there is a word of God inside of you. There is a word that God has spoken over your life, a word that God has spoken really that wants to be, that is, that is destined to be birthed through you. And maybe, of course, it's not, you know, Jesus himself incarnate, but it is still the same. I mean, God wants the word that he spoke over you to become flesh. He wants the word, the destiny, the plan for your life to be manifested. There is glory in you. There is glory in you. I'm going to say it again. There is original glory inside of you. There is an original plan of God that he has for your life. And abiding is the, is the way, uh, you know, Jesus said, I am the way <laughs> and he wasn't kidding. You know, abiding in Christ is the way that this, this destiny and this plan and these big juicy fruit of, of glory, these glory fruit, it's how they, how they get through you. It's how they manifest through you. And I want to take a little bit of a turn today with this. Um, and I do want to just man, I just want to focus on the fruit a little bit. Uh, I, the last couple of podcasts, I've been focusing on the abiding. I've been focusing on experiential union. I've been focusing, in fact, even with my students and my, um, uh, my, my graduates that are in part of my graduate program, we are doing an incredible exercise right now about having a positive trigger in our lives where we can get into our union with God just at the flash of an instant, just the snap of a finger. We can see it and we can begin to experience it. Why? Because abiding is a habit. Living out of your identity in Jesus is a habit. And we have got to get used to seeing ourselves the way that we really are. We cannot continue to look in the mirror and see the separated old man, to see an identity and see a person that stares back at us that is not perfect in Christ, that is not holy in Christ, that is not fully alive inside of Jesus right now and seated in heavenly places. We have got to get that illusion of separated separation crucified in our minds. And so I, even though I'm departing from it a little bit today to talk about the fruit of abiding, that you are destined to produce, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving the topic of abiding. Okay. The way of this plan manifesting, the way that your destiny manifests, I mean, is everything. I mean, so many times it's really easy to get focused on the fruit and we focus on the fruit and then we start striving to produce it. Or we have these formulas or we work these principles because we've got a destiny. We've got a plan. We've got all these things to do. Hey, I'm the queen of that. So I, I'm, I'm talking about experience where you, you take responsibility for the fruit, thinking that's, you know, holy or something. So 
I am not departing from the way your destiny manifests or the way the juicy fruit that you're destined to, you know, birth (laughs) through your life manifests. But I do feel the Father just, just taking our focus off of the way for a moment and onto the fruit. Because I want you to know this fruit is exciting. This fruit is motivational. I'll tell you, this fruit makes going through hell worth it. (laughs) If I can say it that way, if I'm offending you, well, God bless you. I love you anyway. Because if you haven't experienced the light affliction for a moment while you look at the things that are unseen, well, walk with Jesus for just a little bit longer. Because there is, there is patience (laughs) that's required when you are abiding. There is a rest that comes through trusting God. There is, there is a, and, and for our flesh and for our, our human, our, the human side of us, I'll tell you, that is, it, it can be very painful in our soul, right? It can be very painful in our soul. So I, but th- let me say this though, there is a way of living that Jesus lived, that Jesus modeled through union with the Father where you are so fixated on the joy that is set before you, and you are so convinced that this thing is already a done deal, then you can just abide in the Father. And I feel that there's even a level of abiding in the Father in a place of joy, in a place that you can even transcend the worst of things, including the cross. Because Jesus said for the joy that was set before him, he endured. And so he was looking at something. You know what he was looking at? He was looking at the fruit. He was looking at the fruit <laughs> and he could taste the juicy fruit. He could taste the, he could taste, taste the victory. He could feel it. it. There was joy in the moment. There was joy. There was right now joy in the worst of times because he, he was fully persuaded, man. He was focused on this joy. He was focused on this fruit. And you know what the fruit was? It was us. It was him sitting at the right hand of the Father with us seated inside of him. Man, he the joy of that thing transcended anything he had to experience. And so there is a way to live in the pleasure of the fruit. There's a way to live in the pleasure of the fruit that is in the process of being produced. Ooh, you better hear me. That's a good word. There is a way to live in the process of abiding in a pleasurable way while the manifestation has yet to be completed. And there is a way of life that is joyful, that is glorious, that honestly I believe, I don't have any proof for this scripturally, but I do have proof for this in the year 2020 scientifically. I believe that there is a place that we can transcend physical pain. I believe that there is a place that Jesus, that he went into that basically he was, even though he was in the body, he was not in the body. And I know this to be the case because there's people that can go into such deep meditative states, honestly, they don't even know Jesus, and the, they can perform surgery on them, and they don't even feel the surgery. So where the heck do these people go? Where all of a sudden I've gone into this meditative state that I am controlling the pain, 
pain and the, you know, all of those things. I mean, I'm not, you know, you hear about Tony Robbins and people running on the coals and stuff. Again, I'm not here to, to say that those things are of God, but I am here to say that God created human beings and God created a connection with the spirit realm in such a way that human beings are designed by him to transcend material reality. I'm not going to teach on that in depth today. I might because I got a, I got a book kind of, kind of woo brewing in me right now that I, I even asked for your prayers about because it's, it needs to be written. It needs to be written. There are, there are too many voices on the planet right now who are spouting out truth from a non-union perspective. Uh, and there is new agers doing it. <laughs> There's the body of Christ doing it. And I, anyway, I just have something inside of me that's boiling up. And I just, I just, I just covet your prayers on that because this revelation is, it, it's so life-changing. But let me get back to the point. So let's talk about this fruit that got, that, that Jesus was so joyful about that he, he, he despised the shame and able to overcome the shame and over him to, to endure the cross, the most horrific human event, in my opinion, in, in human history. Why? Because he became the curse. He experienced the sinfulness of humanity. Every sinful, not just sinful deeds and sinful thoughts and sinful behavior, the entity of sin itself, he, he, he absorbed into his body on the cross. Like, I don't even believe it's humanly possible, honestly. I think it had to be supernatural because I, I don't know how quickly something like that would even kill you, <laughs> you know? But the, my point is, there is a way. And the way is abiding, but there is a focus. There is a, there is a, this fruit that you are destined to produce. And I'm not you. Let me say it a different way. The fruit that is destined to be produced by God through your life and through your mortal body and through your personality and through you. Okay. Is glorious. And I want to go to a few scriptures that talk about this fruit, this plan that God has for your life. And I want to, I want to start with just some kind of random places that may seem a little random, but I want to just start in a few of the epistles where the apostle Paul identifies himself as, well, let me just read it and then I'll, maybe it'll make sense. It says, this is just 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. And this is the Passion Translation. It says, and it's just, he's just saying who the letter's from. He just says, from Paul, divinely appointed according to the plan of God to be an apostle of the anointed one, Jesus. Seems like a pretty simple scripture. We read these kind of things all the time. But it's very deep. It says here that Paul was divinely appointed according to the plan of God to be an apostle. Okay, let me read it in just a different translation. If I can get to that part of my Bible app. All right, let me just read it in the amplified version. Sorry, I'm going to cut my throat here, okay? 
and it says it this way. It says, Paul called as an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Okay, so this is just, why am I saying this? It's because Paul is an example, and as our I mean, you read every person in the Bible, really, <laughs> of someone who was called by God. It was a part of a God's divine plan to make Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ. This was God's will for Paul. This was God's plan for Paul. And the fruit of Paul's life, which was to be an apostle to the Gentiles and write two-thirds of the New Testament and carry a revelation about the cross that no one understood until he preached it, because the revelation of what Jesus was doing on the cross was given by divine inspiration to the Apostle Paul. He said, this message did not come to me from men. It came directly from Jesus. So there was a will of God for Paul. There was a plan of God for Paul. And the cool thing about this story is that, how many of you know Paul was pretty clueless to it? Right? I mean, here he was. Standing by while Christians were persecuted and, and, and dragged off to prison and even murdered and, and approving of it. That's how clueless he was to his, to the, the plan that God had for his life, to the purpose that God has for his life. And actually he was deceived to actually think he was on God's team. <clears throat> That's just how clueless he was. All right. Let me go to Galatians now. In Galatians chapter 1, we have a similar uh, kind of admission by Paul. He says, Paul, he's introducing himself. And then he says, this is the Amplified Version. He says, Galatians 1.1, 1, 1, an apostle, not commissioned and sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and God, the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers who are with me. So he's addressing who the letter is from. But notice the way he describes himself. Paul, an apostle, not commissioned and sent from men, not through it, through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ, the Messiah and God, the Father. All right, let me just read it in a different translation. That is so powerful, you guys. God decided who Paul was. God sent Paul himself. God commissioned God, uh, Paul himself. And guess what? He didn't need the permission of any man. This was God's will. This was God's decision. And you know what? <laughs> so be it. <laughs> I'm so thankful that Paul just decided to go ahead and accept that he was who God said he was. Hallelujah. Okay, let me just, just do it in the NIV for fun. It says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I mean, just powerful words, Right? Now, let me just go back over to 1 Corinthians, except this time I want to go to, to chapter 2. And I'm just going to read a little bit. I'll just read it in the NIV because it's simple. We may go to the Passion in a moment. But in verse 6, in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, it says, he's talking about, well, let me see. I'll start I'll start in verse 1 just because it's, it kind of gives it some context. And Paul's talking now, and he says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence of human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. He's meaning in and of himself. 
Okay, He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And then he says in verse 6, he says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the world or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory, listen to this, before time began. So God, Paul is declaring a message that God destined for our glory before time began. Now, I want to stop here for a moment because I want to tell you a truth. God destined your glory before time began. God destined for the glory that that is to, to come through your life. The fruit, the glory fruit, right? The juicy fruit I was talking about a moment ago, okay? This fruit that is produced as you abide in him before the foundation of the world. Now, I'm going to say it real quick because I say it all the time. I'm going to say it right here. You can't produce this fruit any other way but abiding. It's glory fruit. It's God's fruit. It's God's plan. It's God's destiny. It's God's identity. It's God's name. In the case of the Apostle Paul, changed his name from Saul to Paul. It's God's identity for you. It's God's destiny for you. And it was the message that Paul preached (laughs) was hidden. But it says it was destined for our glory. And he says this, none of the rulers of the age understood it. They didn't understand this glory. He said, because if they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, verse 9 is a a clue here about this glory that God destined before time began. About your glory, the glory of God inside of you that's to be revealed through you. Okay, he says this. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, these things... God has prepared for those who love him. These are things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So here's the reality of this. You are not going to figure out these things. You know, you're not going to figure, I mean, the apostle Paul wasn't going to figure out he was the apostle Paul. Okay. Mary was not going to figure out that she was the virgin that, that scripture had been talking about for all of those hundreds and thousands of years. Okay, she would, they, nobody was going to figure this out. No one's going to figure out who they are in heaven apart from the Holy Spirit. No one's going to figure out the glory fruit that God destined for them to bear as he, as he, as he, as they abided in him. The glory that he wanted to get through your life, no one is going to figure that out. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God revealed to us by the Spirit. And it says the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. 
For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same one, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, you guys. He says, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but it is the spirit that is from God. In other words, the Holy Spirit, that we may understand what God has freely given us. And I would say, so that we might understand what God has destined for us. That we might understand who God created us to be. I would say, so that we might understand why we are on the planet and what is the fruit, what is the the glory fruit that God wants to get through our lives? How is Jesus Christ going to be glorified through your personal existence on this planet? It is not haphazard. There is a plan. There is a purpose. There is a destiny. And all of scripture speaks to this. Let's go to another place just to talk about it. Okay, in Ephesians, chat, let's just go to Ephesians. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 10 here for a moment. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version, although I really like it in the Amplified Classic Version, but that, that isn't on my phone, so I'm just going to go with this. It says in verse 10, For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. Created in Christ Jesus. The, uh, the, the, the Amplified Classic says recreated in Christ Jesus. A new creation. Okay. The amplification here says reborn from above. Spiritually transformed. Renewed and ready to be used for good works. And then it goes on to describe these good works, you guys. It says what good works? Good works which God prepared for us beforehand. Okay. The Amplified Classic says before time. And it says taking paths, which he set so that we would walk in them. Listen to this, living the good life he prearranged and made ready for us. I'm going to read it again because this is powerful, but I'm going to read it in, I'm going to read it in the the passion translation because it's just, it's beautiful the way it says it. And this is a scripture worth noting and worth writing down. Uh, It says, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, and I'm going to say the we were born meant any of us were born. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Okay, I'm going to read this again because you could also say we have become his story. This one, I like poetry. It's beautiful. I like works of art. That's beautiful. Masterpiece, workmanship is how the King James says it, meaning that we are his creation. We are his His sculpture. We are a painting that he has created. That is our lives. We are, we are a poem. We are, um, a story which he has written. And it says we're, it's a story of being recreated people. And it says that, that we will, why? So that we would fulfill a destiny that he has given each of us. Each of us has a divine destiny. Jesus is not the only one. Mary is not the only one. Paul is not the only one. Esther is not the only one. David is not the only one. Jacob and Joseph are not the only ones. 
Okay, the the 12 disciples were not the only ones, the 120 in the upper room. I'm telling you, you have a destiny. God has a plan for your life. It is all throughout scripture, the old covenant, the new covenant. God has had a plan from humanity since before the time began. And guess what? His plan wasn't thwarted when Adam and Eve messed it up. You know, they didn't even mess it up. God knew (laughs) and it wasn't plan B to send Jesus. No, Jesus was always plan A. And if you read in Ephesians chapter one, where it talks about that we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Let me tell you the original glory of us being in Christ predates original sin in the garden. Original glory is your origin. Your origin is in Christ. It's not in Adam. Your origin is in Christ. And guess what? Your destiny was there too in Christ. And the beautiful thing about God's perspective is that he dwells in the eternal now. He dwells outside of time. And that's why he could say, hey, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. It's because he always saw many sons coming into glory. He always saw you post-cross, even if you lived pre-cross. He saw Adam and Eve in Christ before he saw them eating the fruit. This is the gospel that is never preached. We are so obsessed with the fall. We're so obsessed with sin. We're so obsessed with Adam and who we are in Adam that was crucified with Christ. Jesus is the last Adam, meaning he was the last man born in time that would ever be born under the curse. There is a, there's a mystery here. The reason it's a mystery, one of the reasons why it's so mysterious is because the way human beings have been programmed to perceive and walk through time. The way that human beings perceive and walk through time is a deception. Time is not linear, just pure linear past, present, future. In this dimension, and this reality in the created material realm that human beings exist in, our perception of it is that. But our ability to perceive reality as a human being, as a fallen whatever human being who has yet to actually fully understand and walk in the fullness of the spirit realm, it is, it is so very limited. Our ability to perceive reality is so very limited, even as it comes to just invisible things that are part of our natural order in the natural universe. Sound waves, radioactive waves, microwaves, ultrasound. I mean, just the, the sound spectrum of dolphins and, and that they things, you know, sonar and there's just, we are so limited in our physical perception of things. And so the way God perceives our lives and the way God interacts with time, (laughs) he's both in time and outside of time, but limited, not limited by time. So I could go on so many deep places with that, but I want to come back to the main point here before I go off on too deep of a rabbit trail to say that this original destiny, this original plan that God prepared for you ahead of time. And I love the way the Amplified Classic says it. It says that, you know, taking paths, which he prepared ahead of time. 
And it says, so that we might live the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. I mean, just the fact that God has a good life for us, I mean, that's a stretch for a, a large percentage of the body of Christ. I mean, we have literally been taught that having a good life is selfish. But at the same time, we're taught we're supposed to manifest heaven on earth. So I'm a little confused by the, by the tension of those two things. Your life is supposed to reflect heaven on earth, but it shouldn't be too good. Well, that means heaven's not that great. Like it doesn't even literally logically make sense, some of the things that we believe. But then again, that's why we've been talked out of the fact that heaven is even not right now reality. There's a large majority of the body of Christ that doesn't even believe that. They believe heaven is somewhere we go after we die. And we just live in hell right now, just like Jesus never did anything. Like he really didn't defeat the devil on the cross. He just, it was just really about our sin and it was really about our eternal home in heaven. And if that's really what we believe, let's just all commit mass suicide. Because honestly, let's just get to heaven as fast as possible. And if Jesus died for our sins and suicide is a sin, well, hey, we'll just be forgiven when we get there. I mean, I think that's a really good logical conclusion to the theology that a lot of us live under, you know? But let me go back here. I'm I'm just going to say it because this is a scripture worth meditating. And if you don't have a, a life paradigm... If the paradigm that you're living your life out of is not in agreement with Ephesians 2.10, maybe you should consider a new paradigm. It says, we have become his poetry. Poetry is beautiful, by the way. Most of it. Even the stuff that maybe doesn't have a beautiful, you know, theme, it's still a beautiful prose. It's still a beautiful way to express something. You know, maybe you could say that you have become his expression. I like that. I know I'm stretching it, but a masterpiece, work of art, uh, workmanship. I mean, all of those things are expression. It says a recreated people. Okay, you have been recreated in Christ. You're a new creation. Why? What's the purpose of that? So that you will fulfill a destiny. It says that will fulfill a destiny has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Jesus is still fulfilling his purpose. And he's fulfilling his purpose through you. Jesus has a purpose that he wants to fulfill through your life. It says even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that we would do to fulfill it. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time. The Amplified, it says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Now, I'm going to go to one other place in case you just really want to hear what I have to say. You know, want to hear this. Romans chapter 8. Okay, I'm going to go in the Passion Translation because, again, it's just simple and beautiful. The way Brian Simmons translated this. But he says, I'm going to start, I mean, the little the little um, kind of sub-headline, the subtitle before it starts in verse 18 says, A Glorious Destiny. Okay, that's, that's the way he phrased this, this group of scripture. And it says, well, I almost just feel like 
we should go back. It's just so good. But no, I'll just start here. It says, I am convinced that the suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. Listen to this. We have a stage, you guys. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. I'm going to say that again. God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, whose will? The universe's will. It says the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Now, I could go on and on about this, but I want to tell you at a high level what this is saying. That universe, the universe is still suffering the consequences of the fall. And the reason that it's suffering the consequences of the fall is because the sons and daughters of God have not woken up. Why is it, and why isn't it saying we're wanting, the universe is longing for the return of Christ? It's not what it's saying. It's saying the universe is on tiptoe awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. Meaning, the, 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 the realization of the glory that is inside of the saints. Where is the glory of God? It's inside of the saints. The glory of God is inside of us. Why? Because that's where Jesus is. The purpose was to get God inside of us. Why? Because God wants to govern the universe through us. He wants us to abide in him so that the glory that is Jesus Christ's glory can come through our lives and restore all things. The universe wants to be governed by the sons of God as they live in union with God. And it says this, let me just keep going because I really want to talk about this destiny a little bit more. And I'm just going to go down verse 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born. And he destined us from the beginning to share in the likeness of his son, This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Now listen to this verse 30. This is very, very powerful. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. I mean, these are deep scriptures that have to be really meditated on. I mean, I can read them right now, but this is some deep revelation. He's saying that your destiny was determined before time. 
And he called you to himself. He chose you before time, before you didn't exist yet, supposedly. You were just an idea. Again, we're thinking about it linearly, you know, past, present, future. But if we think about it that way, you were just an idea at that point in the mind of God. But you were a chosen idea. You were his idea. And he had a plan and a destiny for you since the beginning of time. And part of that plan was for you to be in Christ, which would make you just like him. And that this was a co-glorification of you and Jesus. You had the glory of Jesus before time began. You and Jesus were one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you and me. And who, who, I'm not going to go there, but just say, where does anything have except in its origin of God? Now, this original plan, this original glory, this original co-glorification with his son gives new meaning to John 17. John 17 is Jesus. This is really the Lord's prayer, if you ask me. Because this is when Jesus prayed right before the cross. And I want to read this to you because it's so very powerful. In context, in the context of everything that I just explained, and I'm doing a a very high-level explanation of it at this point, but he says, verse 1, this is what Jesus prayed as he looked into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. So in other words, he's saying manifest the fullness of who I am so that I will magnify who you are. He says, you've already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you've given to me. He said, eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you had sent. By the way, eternal life does not mean to live in heaven with God forever. It's to experience God as who he is. (laughs) Whole nother teaching on that. But anyway, in verse four, listen to this. I have glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything you told me to do. And verse 5, so my father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Original glory. Verse 6, father, I have manifested who you really are. Say glory fruit. And I have revealed you to men and women the men and women you gave to me. He means to his sphere of influence. They were yours and you gave them to me. And I've learned, I fastened your word firmly into their hearts. And now at last they know everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave me to speak, talk about abiding. I've passed on to them. They have received your words and they carry them in your hearts and they are convinced that I come from your presence and that they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. Not I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you, those you have given me. 
For all who belong to me now belong to you, and all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory, my glory, my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Holy Father, I'm about to leave this world to return and be with you, but my disciples will remain you, with here, remain here, sorry. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one that you have given me and watch over them so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. While I was with those that you gave me, I kept them safe by your name. I'm going to keep reading. But now I'm returning to you, Father. I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I am not asking, verse 15, that you remove them from the world, but I'm asking that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Now listen to this, verse 18. I have commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. Say it again. I have commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. I now dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live as fully dedicated to God and made holy by your truth. And then he starts, then listen, this is where included. Verse 20 says, and I, I ask not only for these disciples, but for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so the world will recognize that you sent me. That's glory for you guys. For the very glory that you've given to me, I have given them. I'm going to say it again. For the very glory you have given me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love you have for me. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you've given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me, because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous Father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are and will continue to make you even more real to them. How? He's about to die. Why? So that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them, even as I live in them. This is a message I can't really do justice to in one podcast. These concepts are so deep and so life-changing and so all-encompassing the consumption of our lives. When I say the consumption of our lives, I mean the full consumption of our lives. They encompass God's original intent 
for the reason that you exist. They encompass the destiny and the plan and the fruit that you are destined to produce, that glorify Jesus, that reveal who God is, that allow other people to experience the reality of what I just read. We have a, we have a responsibility not to, not to produce the fruit. We have a responsibility to abide. We have a responsibility to let the Lord have his way, to surrender to the fully, to the destiny and to the plan and to the, the works that he destined for us to do. Our lives are not our own. I'm going to say it again. Our lives are not our own. We have been bought with a price. We've been paid for with a preciousness. And that preciousness is the very blood of God himself. He He bled to unite himself to you. He bled to produce the kingdom of God through you. He bled that heaven might completely repopulate the planet with sons of God. He has so much glory to express through your life. It is it is in, impossible for you to imagine it. It actually takes a revelation of the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. It takes a complete renovation of your mind in order for you to agree with it. We have been programmed by the pattern of this world to believe in an unbelievably wrong version of what our lives are about. And we have been programmed by the pattern of this world to believe in a version of ourselves that is not who we are. And we have been preached a gospel that is not the whole story. And the reason it is not the whole story is because it does not tell of original glory. The whole story is 100% about original glory. That is the gospel. It is about the original plan and the original intent and the glory of God (laughs) that is to be revealed in the sons of God. Being ordained and destined from the beginning of time. And beloved, as you enter into this reality, there is an awakening that occurs. And you cannot go back to life as usual. You cannot live a normal human, whatever, existence. I love John 17. It may very well be my favorite chapter in the Bible. Because I find in John 17 the beauty of God's plan. And I find evidence of Jesus being face to face with the Father before time began. And really all of us being there with him. And if I, I I know this, if it takes the rest of my life, which it will, to experience these truths, 
and allow God to wreck my mind and my life so that he can have his way through my life, I say so be it. Beloved, I I know in my heart that you are connected to these podcasts by divine appointment. And so I want to pray with you that just like the Apostle Paul, no matter how long you've been walking down, you know, your life journey without the full revelation of who you are and why you're here, that that same light that shone around the Apostle Paul and blinded him to the natural world is now shining on you. Father, I just say shine the light. I say let there be light over every listener. I say shine with the brightness and the intensity and the fury and the the vengeance (laughs) against the enemy (laughs) that shone around the Apostle Paul. And Lord, I pray that you would do a vision correction in every single person. I believe that 2020 is exactly about that. I don't think it's a coincidence that it's 2020. And here I am praying that we get blinded by the light so that we can see who we are, so that we can see who you created us to be, so that we can have a a name change if necessary, and we can get on the road to our destiny. We can get on the road to our revelation. We can get on the road to fulfilling who and what you created us to do and be. And Lord, I just take authority over deception. I take authority over just the lies that have kept us in darkness and the God of this world that has blinded the minds of those that do not believe what I'm preaching. <laughs> and I just declare, God, that there is the light, the light, the light, the light that is shining, shining, shining on every listener. God, I come against every philosophy and every vain and wickedly inspired imagination imagination that would set itself up against the knowledge of God. And I just declare that all of this is being taken captive to the obedience of Christ and that there is a massive surrender. There is a surrender right now, Father, because you are, you, you already purchased us. We aren't even our own. So we're just surrendering to your lordship. We're surrendering to your possession. We're surrendering to the abiding that you want to do in our lives, God, so that you can produce the glory that is yours and that was planned and that is absolutely necessary for 2020 and the the decades to come that are still left in our lives. Father, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. For the millionth time, yes. Give us a new perspective, perspective, God. Give us a new um, perception, Father, of heaven's choice, (laughs) of your choice, of your uh, design for our lives. And I call forth the transformation, the transfiguration for every single listener, God. I call forth that kind of of conversion experience that the Apostle Paul had on the road to Damascus that I experienced when I was 33 years old, God, where life was never the same, where I surrendered to your timetable, where I surrendered, oh, to your plan. And I didn't even even know what I was surrendering to, God. You just told me it was time. You said it was time. And so, God, I just 
just declare it's time. I just declare if you're, if they're listening to this, it's time. And God, Father, you may bring people to this in five years from now. The date of this podcast doesn't matter. Whenever they're listening to it, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to rise. It's time to shine. It's time to wake up. It's time to get in synchronized, ha, uh, synchronized living. It's time to get into a synchronized timeline with God. And Father, I just praise you for the ordered steps that lead to all of this. Father, I pray that you would do what only you can do in our lives. I pray that you would Yeah, enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we might know the hope of our calling and what is the riches of glory (laughs) that is the inheritance, that is your inheritance, that is our inheritance, that, that is inside of the saints. And Father, I pray that you would I don't know exactly what I'm saying, Father, except shake everything that needs to be shaken off of us. Father, so that the weights and everything else that are hindering us from running the race, running the course that is set before us, that is, that is, that anything that would hinder us, God, from, from finishing all of the work that you have destined for us to do and being able to say, like Jesus said, I have finished the work that you gave me to do. I have glorified you here on earth. God, just shake it off of us. Just shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off of us, God, because we are ready to run. We are ready. We are ready to run. And we just thank you for it. And we give you glory for it. And we just say that it is done in Jesus' name. You know, as always, I know I always say this at the end of every podcast, but I don't just say it because it's something that you say at the end of every podcast. I say it because the Lord has me say it at the end of every podcast. And there's two things he always has me say. And the first one is, if you are getting fed by these podcasts, if God has divinely connected you to to the ministry, to the call of God on my life, then head on over to Shalise.com and partner with the ministry. Uh, sow a seed into these messages. Sow a seed into this ministry. Honor uh, the gift <laughs> that God is giving you through these messages because those that honor a prophet in the name of a prophet receive the prophet's reward. And there is something about this exchange of honor through giving that releases this message to you. There's something about that. I, I don't even know that I understand it. I just know I'm supposed to say it. So if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do that, we'll just go and um, just... Do what's on your heart. It's not, it's not about the amount. It's about obedience. I mean, Jesus sat there and marveled at the widow when she put her little mite in there. So this is not about any of that. It's about connection. It's about divine connection and revelation uh, and you being obedient to whatever God speaks to you. And then the second thing is, is if you are ready to really get clarity about the reason that you were born, about the original glory that God placed inside of you and really get in alignment with that. 
Emerge School of Transformation exists to do just that. During the school, we answer five questions. Who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I headed and how do I get there? And honestly, beloved, those are the five most important questions you will ever ask and answer in your entire life. Uh, And I know that we could all give an answer to who is God. We could all give an answer to who am I. We might be able to give a little bit of an answer about why am I here and where am I headed. But there is something about this three-month intensive journey that God is taking people on where they connect (laughs) to the anointing that is on my life uh, to work. You know, I tell people I work in the DMV of heaven. You know, and there's something about going to the, you know, I call it the Department of Master Vehicles. It's not the motor vehicles, you guys. It's the Department of Master Vehicles. And there's something about going to the Department of Master Vehicles and getting clear on your identity and getting a license to be who God created you to be. And so if that's something that you're interested in, you can send us an email at info at shalice.com. And we will set you up with me and my, well, it's my amazing team. And they will talk through you, talk with you and pray with you. And hear God for you about the next step on your journey, which may or may not include Emerge. So God bless you. Uh, Thank you for listening. And we will be back soon with another episode, probably on the same topic. All righty. God bless you.